0: Welcome to Comic Book Keepers, where we talk about comic book characters, their history, and their impact on our lives. I'm Lance, and today I am joined by comic artist, creator Tyrell Cannon. Welcome to the show, Tyrell.
1: Uh, good to be here. Thanks for having me.
0: Of course. I'm very excited. You have a new book coming out called The Schlub. It comes out on August 23rd of this year. But before we get into that, let's talk a little bit about your career in comics. So sure. what, what kind of started your, your love of the medium? Uh,
1: you know, I, I, I got addicted from an early age. Um, like a lot of people, I, I, I had been reading some Sunday comics like Calvin and Hobbes and Family Circus and BC and, and you know, whatever. I would read any comic in the paper. Um, and then at some point, uh, my dad showed me a couple comics because he had read comics when he was a kid. He didn't read them anymore. He didn't have any in the house. But he bought a couple and I, was, I thought they were great. And then he took me and my brothers to the comic book store for the first time. Uh, and I bought X-Men number five and X-Force number nine, I think. And uh, after that, I was hooked. Like, I just I couldn't stop thinking about comics. You know, I've, I've done a bunch of other kinds of art things, but uh, but I always come back to comics. And so when I was that age, I started making my own comics uh, for for fun or for uh, art, art projects in my school and, uh, and uh, kind of just kept reading them and uh, trying to make them ever since then off and on. Yeah.
0: Do you remember what books your dad showed you like before you ever got to go to the comic shop?
1: Yeah. So it's, it's like the first two comics I bought were those two, but the first two I ever got were um, for Christmas one year, my dad, and this is how my dad handled comics a little differently than a lot of us do now. He, they were rolled up, you know, and then wrapped in wrapping paper. Uh, So he gave me a couple comics and and one was uh, an issue of um, uh, the incredible Hulk where he fights the man thing. And I cannot remember the issue number because I don't, I don't have it right next to me here. It was a high number Hulk, you know, it's somewhere I think uh, a little bit after that or right before the Keown run, it's somewhere in there. And uh, the other one was a GI Joe comic. And I don't remember which issue that was either, but it did have lady J like on the cover, like looking back over her shoulder and I was like, what are these? And, and you know, he's like, oh, these are comic books. And uh, and I just loved them. And that's why they ended up taking us to the to the store because I, you know, I read those until they were falling apart and trying to yeah. draw them. And, and then he started telling me about the X-Men and, and Captain America and all his favorite characters growing up and Daredevil. And uh, so when he started telling us about those, I was like, well, I want to go see those. You know, I want to go find what the X-Men are all about. Um, and so that's why I think I probably – gravitated towards the X-Men initially was was because of my dad. And I wouldn't have probably, you know, I, I might've found comics eventually, but my dad definitely, you know, encouraged me to, to check them out and, and he would read the books I would get. And it was, it was nice. My brothers would also buy comics. Uh, so it was, it was a cool little family thing for a little bit. Is Was it a generational thing too? Was your grandfather also into comics? um you know uh on my dad's side i don't i don't know my grandfather and they they were estranged so i don't know for sure but i doubt it because one of the reasons he didn't have any of his comics was that at some point as a kid his mom or dad or aunt took away his books and burned them up so the parents didn't stop that from happening so i I can't imagine they were (laughs) comic book fans but yeah there was there was there's always these crazes that happen it was at some point when he was younger that comics had a bad name again and these are evil and destroying
0: the minds of the youth
1: right yeah that kind of thing
0: you you mentioned that you started making your own comics when did you start to think about kind of shifting it towards a career path
1: um you know that that was probably a lot later because I, i think that well maybe not i mean that's always what i wanted to do was draw comics um i think what happened was is like i i really wanted to and i was so into um i remember reading um wizard magazine and i would always read the interviews with my favorite artists and find out what they did um but i was like obsessed i was like what cereal did jim lee eat and, like what's his favorite snack and like i wanted to know everything and um you know as i got into high school and and stuff i still engaged with comics and read them not as often because i i moved to a, a pretty small town and they were a lot less accessible to me at that time and um So, uh, in high school and in college, I kind of was thinking about art in a little more of a general way. And like I painted and I did some animation and, um, you know, uh, printing and a bunch of different things. But again, I kept coming back to comics, like every semester I'd end up making something and printing it up myself and distributing it around the city. Um, but then, uh, you know, towards the end of college, I I decided I wanted to do more of a, a film type stuff. So, I moved to LA after college and and, and was trying to do storyboards and, um, concept art and uh, whatever anyone would pay me for. And, uh, I didn't really like it in LA and I didn't really like that industry as much. It didn't fit me. And I, I wasn't making comics really. Like I would, I would chip away on things here and there in the background, but I realized that I would much rather just have a regular job and, and have freedom to make my comics. And so I got offered a job in Chicago and moved back and, uh, you know, at that point I just made comics for, for me, you know, and, uh, I would distribute them, you know, and print them up myself. And I took it very seriously. And I spent a lot of my time doing it, um, put out a lot of comics at that time. And then I think maybe it was probably four years ago, five years ago, I finally quit my day job and got sort of this push from my family and my friends and my wife to, to take the plunge and, uh, just do it. Cause it's what I've always wanted to do. Um, but I, I was a very risk averse person in my younger years. And, uh, I was very scared to do it. And then, uh, you know, so long story short, I always wanted to do them since I was a kid, but then kind of got way far away from them for years and years as far as like a a money making thing. And then, uh, you know, took the plunge maybe, yeah, about four four or five years ago to, uh, I guess it'd be four years ago to do it. Nice. Full time. (laughs) No, that's beautiful
0: that you had the support from your family to do that.
1: Yeah, I mean, they didn't... uh, support me with any money but they told me (laughs) go for it you know they were like yeah you know go for it and my wife is a uh, a jeweler actually part of her studio is right over there and she um she had been doing it i i had kept my day job i was working at the school the art institute of chicago and i i had kept my job while she started her business as a as jeweler and so she was pretty established and then said you know it's your turn now um so we both are are doing are doing that and uh uh, you know, some of my other friends who are comic book artists um, said, you know, hey, you're ready. You know, you're ready. Like, go do it. So it was it was nice to have people because, I, you know, I was very trepidatious. I mean, I'm so glad I, I have done it and uh, I really don't want to go back. But uh, um, it wouldn't have happened without all the encouragement I got from the people around me. Yeah,
0: Well, it's beautiful to have emotional support, if not yeah. financial. <laughs> right, Right. What early work? that you did like really cemented that concept of like, yeah, I can do this. Like, this is what, this is what I want to do.
1: It's, it's weird. Cause like, I always wanted to do it. Um, and I think that I was afraid of the risk involved for my, you know, just survival as a human in America or whatever. Um, but the other part of it was that I was really enjoying um, self-publishing and being part of the independent scene because it, you, you, can, you, you can make a different kind of work and, um, and you have all this freedom. Like I was funding all of my books and so I could do anything I wanted to. And so I was able to really experiment and, and do a lot of things that I think were um, things I never would have gotten the opportunity to do if I had jumped straight into work for hire. And then as time went on, you know, my goal is always to be a student of comics and get better and better and better. And at some point when I was deciding that you know, planning to leave my job, you know, about a year in advance, I kind of started the wheels turning. And um, I was like, you know, I do want to have the opportunity to do stuff that is a little bit more for lack of a better term, mainstream or superhero or action oriented, because my other stuff was a lot more um, esoteric, I guess you'd say. And so um, I kind of gave myself permission to just, like, own my love of that stuff of 90s comics of image of, of all these like artists that I love that are, that are in that world, you know, the, the, the Jim Lee's and the JRJR's and all those guys and and, and really just love it. And, uh, so I really started to kind of focus in on, on exploring that kind of comic, which I hadn't done as much of in the past. I had done some action stuff, but, um, you know, just diving in. And so I'm still sort of pulling that thread of like, what can I do here? And so it was maybe a partially a financial decision, but also a, Hey, why don't I, explore this part of the medium that I haven't played with as much.
0: No, oh, that's great. I came across your work because of your friend, Daniel Warren Johnson, who is also a friend of the show oh, because great. he, he had posted this comic right here. And for our Patreon subscribers, you can actually see this. It's oh, hey. your game over man mini comic, which is a yeah. story of Hudson. Uh, after we seemingly think that he is dead in, in the aliens film, and then being able to see his kind of journey after going off screen, and the art in here is so good. I had an absolute blast reading through this book. the The mini comics there's multiple that you have up on your uh, shop online, so tyrellcannon.com. What which one of your mini
1: comics was the first that you came out with? There's two ways to answer that. I've been doing sort of the small self printed mini comics since college but um so the first one was actually a comic called simon that i a character i created called simon that i did maybe four issues of in school um but the first one of these uh sort of uh like the game over man is part of uh, every october i've been doing the inktober thing where you draw something every day and so the way i did all of these is i did um half a page of inks a day so i had already you know sort of laid it out a little bit so i you know, I had something to start with, like thumbnailed it, and then I would do half a page every day after I did my other work, and then uh, by the end of the month, you have twelve pages and, and maybe a cover, and then you have a couple days of leeway for when there's a family emergency or something, and so I started that, um, but pretty much the the year before I quit my job, I think. So the very first one was a mini comic called uh, I call it the Journey. It doesn't have a title on it, but it's a um, You know just a a page by page story of a this kind of alien creature on a journey to to find something to save his village and i had a really good time doing that i did that when i still had my day job and i was like this is a good challenge for me so the uh, the next year i did one which is um one of my only kind of autobiographical works about um you know my dad had a bad motorcycle accident when i was a kid and uh, so it's it kind of explores that and then uh, I've done these other ones that are a little more fan art kind of. So the, the first one that a lot of people think of is I did one called IDKFA, which is a Doom fan comic. So it's uh, just me drawing Doom guy fighting all the classic creatures. Uh, that game so big, yeah, that game was a big impact on me and still remains a big influence on me. And so I was like, I'm going to do this. Um, and then one month I drew just different horror characters every day um, from different horror franchises. And then um, another one I did is a sequel to a a mini comic I did called Weed Priests, which is based on a song called Dope Smoker by the band Sleep. And the sequel is called Ascend, and it's an alien awakening in an Antarctic uh, ruins and then his journey. So uh, they're all a lot of fun. And like I said, they grew out of this idea of like, let's do this draw draw something every day thing. And then the other challenge I gave myself was I wanted each project to, to work on something maybe that I wanted to improve in, you know, whether that be some kind of storytelling or using, you know, spotted blacks or whatever it is. And then um, the challenge of getting it done, you know, throughout the month and I, all of them I've finished, you know, during the month, which is pretty proud of that.
0: <laughs> no, that's really impressive. I, I strongly recommend our listeners go check out your website. So again, TyroCannon.com and flip through those various comics that are available for purchase. I know that Game Over Man sold out again, because this was the one I have is like the second printing of yeah, it. Yeah,
1: it looked like it. Yeah, yeah. There's actually, so I just have a third printing that I got for for uh, Heroes Con. And uh, if it's not on there right now, it'll be up there later today. But it uh, oh, should all be back in stock because I just got, i had run out of all of them and so i had gotten i got all the newer ones reprinted Uh, the first two are still um you know not available but
0: nice yeah i also have so the one where you have all of the uh horror icons that the cover is the necronomicon yeah which (laughs) makes me want it so badly so i will probably be ordering that one too if it's back up yeah for sure all right. So let's get into like more of your published works, too. Sure. So I also saw on your website that you had you had done a book with Aubrey Sitterson. So you did the Beef Bros Behind Bars comic. So how was right. how was that experience? That
1: was great. That was great. We did uh, two different Beef Bros comics. There's the first one, which is just called Beef Bros. It's a 32 page uh, kind of standalone story. And then uh, this, the sequel is Beef Bros Behind Bars. It's twice as big. And it sort of continues where the last last one left off, but it's also a, a self-contained story. Um, yeah, I, a mutual friend of me and Aubrey's, uh, an artist named Grim Wilkins, who uh, you know I've known for a really, really long time. Uh, Grim has a cool comic that they put out through image called Miranda, which is all wordless. It's really neat. Um, he put me and Aubrey in touch and just said, hey, you guys seem like you should work together. And we're like, hey, well, let's jump on a call and talk, you know. And so, uh, we started just chatting about what might be a cool comic to make and sort of, uh, vibing and, and throwing ideas back and forth. And what we ended up coming up with was, was beef bros. Um, and I think Aubrey had, had, you know, brought up that he wanted to do something that, that was funny and that had some, uh, political satire and things like that. And I wanted to do something that had big action and, and, and exaggerated characters and, um, and so, yeah, Beef Bros, it's about two, uh, we call them righteous himbos. It's uh, two bodybuilders named uh, Huey and Ajax, and they sort of take on various forms of uh, of corruption and, uh, and unfairness in the world via just their uh, need to help people. So they're probably not even very aware of politics, but they're two <laughs> guys who just want to help everybody. And so when they see somebody getting hassled by, you know, bad cops that are not nice he, they're gonna step in and, and be like hey what's going on here um and it's big and it's funny and it's a blast and it's it's aubrey is is just a insane writer that comes up with these insane scenarios for me to draw and um both issues were uh super fun and actually another note later today i got a box of, of new uh prints of those finally i i didn't have any oh, copies cool. for because i had sold out so if anyone's interested in beef bros those will be back up on the website uh, hopefully this weekend or i don't know when this is going up but hopefully soon yeah yeah this this episode will drop
0: on the 19th so right before san diego Perfect. comic-con mm-hmm.
1: great yeah yeah so yeah people should go check that out if they want to hear more about beef bros um did you, have you read beef bros did you check that one out i i haven't
0: yet okay. i have i discovered aubrey through no one left to fight yeah, And had so much fun reading that series. So Beef Bros is, is on my list. I have like a note tab oh. <laughs> on my phone with all these different lists and it's on there. So I will definitely be checking out that story too. But absolutely, Aubrey's writing fits so well with your like over-the-top art style, just that, that extreme motion. That's the thing that I love about your artwork is that you know like the flow of movement and th- there's an energy to it that
1: kind of like get you excited (laughs) that's i mean that i'm glad to hear that because that's that's what i'm going for you know like the the sort of thing i'm obsessed with right now in my work is is that is is motion and the flow of action and the way you can tell a story and and have it pull you through but also pause you and 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 all these different things and uh, there's something like a the, the like the idea of trying to take just lines on paper and make them feel fast or powerful like that's an insane sort of magic that i am obsessed with right now you know it's like it's it's crazy that that that's possible and so i try to push and push and push to see where where i can go with that so i'm really glad that's coming across that makes me feel good
0: yeah and it comes across really well in your new series the schlub the so this story so going to be published from image comics and it is going to be uh, co-written by Ryan Stegman, as well as Kenny Porter. You are obviously doing the art. And then we also have Mike Spicer doing colors and lettering and design by John J. Hill. I, you were kind enough to send over a preview copy for me to check it out. And I loved it. It's, it's such a, like a fun concept, really interesting story. And just in case I don't share too much about it, do you want to give a little synopsis about this story?
1: Sure. Yeah. So uh, the schlub is about a uh, a, a dentist named uh, Roger Dalton who uh, is kind of his own worst enemy and, and sort of uh, kind of a, kind of not a, a great person uh, and and kind of does the wrong thing no matter what he he wants to do, um, and so he's the schlub. And uh, by an odd uh, turn of events, he swaps bodies with the world's greatest superhero, who's named Cirrus, who is uh, from another another place I guess I need to be careful what I re- revealed too, <laughs> is, is sort of like a Superman uh, in this, in our world. And uh, they swap bodies. And this all happens in the first six or seven pages. So, yep. uh, and then, uh, you know, you have the, the, probably the worst person ever suited for it in, you know, in a position where he has to try to save the world. And then you have this person who uh, used to be able to do everything trapped in, in another person's body. And the way that uh, the guy's, take the story and the the things that they focus on are, are really great because I think we have an awesome, just fun concept. And right away we're like, okay, there's the concept. We all get it. Now what can we do with the characters? And I think that, uh, that's hopefully, I think what, what's, that's what's most exciting to me is for people to start seeing where we take it. Um, but the first issue we, we, you know, Uh, we, we really just wanted to get going and like, let's put them in these, these positions and then see what happens. And some of it's funny and some of it's scary and some of it's sad. Um, it's, it's, uh, that's my synopsis of the schlub, my long synopsis of the schlub.
0: Yeah. It's, it's kind of a story where we have, we have Roger who he kind of plays the victim to Mm -hmm. himself. He, he thinks all these things are happening against him in the world and right. it, it's made him so, I don't, like, just angry. Like, there's this internal yep. struggle that he's having. Yep. And when you give someone like mm-hmm. that the powers of a Superman archetype, <laughs> it's uh, it, it might not go the greatest for the people <laughs> around them.
1: Right, right. I think, um, yeah, I think that uh, <laughs> that's actually, I mean, that's the thing is like you've taken someone who, who who kind of feels like they have no agency and put them in this position of power. And then you've taken someone who has a position of power and and taken all that away. And, uh, and if you think about just like, like, what if Michael Scott was Superman, you know, that that's scary, you know, it's, it's funny, but it's also terrifying. Um, and then once we start, you know, we, we, we reveal a villain in our first one. And I think once we sort of, uh, Uh, see more about all that i mean all that stuff comes into play as well so yeah and
0: the villain character design is fantastic too
1: thank you thank you uh that's one of my that's probably the first design that i that i feel like i nailed um right out of the gate um you know ryan had come to me with the project and he had already written a, a good chunk of it and originally he was supposed to draw it but then he got um uh pulled into doing the venom which he did obviously for a long time and had a lot of success with and so but he still wanted to do the schlub and that's that's how i got brought in and but he hadn't designed any characters and uh worm was uh like first pass just came right out you know and those are always fun characters where it feels very natural whereas the other ones took a lot of work i mean designing a superhero is not easy like especially because you got to think about all the other superheroes that exist and like what they look like and you want to you want to evoke that, but you don't want to copy things. And so, Cirrus took a long time to get right. And then uh, Roger was a little tricky. Uh, one, you know, I think that I started pretty conservatively with him, as far as like um, his look was very realistic. And I think Ryan yeah. really pushed me to. He's like, no, no, no. Like he got he has to look kind of ri- like really ridiculous, you know. So we made him shorter and stouter and uh, and there. So got a little sidetracked there, but I just, I, the, the, design process is really fun. So when people enjoy the way they look, it, it, it makes me happy.
0: Yeah. So if, if this was going on the time where Ryan was still working on Ven then this book's been in like the, like the works for like what, three, four years.
1: Yeah. I mean, that's when he init- initially ha- had the concept and sort of started writing it. And then, um, but I wasn't brought on board until maybe a, a year or something ago. Um, and, uh, and then also Kenny was brought on at that point. And so um, he had like the, the, the series sort of planned out or, you know, the, the, the first kind of beginning of the, the book planned out. But then uh, I think once me and Kenny got involved, things obviously changed a little bit. You know, um, Kenny had a lot of great ideas that he contributed. And I've tried to contribute just with the designs and with some of the story stuff too, whenever they, you know, will take it. Um, there's a few characters that show up in issue two that that kind of have been expanded, you know there's a lot of fun like a lot of fun collaboration once all three of us were on board i guess is what i'm saying
0: exciting and when i looked at the cirrus design i got i i had this sensation or this feeling that it was kind of like greek inspired like he looks very greek god to me
1: yeah um yeah he uh you know he um we, we I think a big touch point for us when we were thinking about the character Cirrus and where he's from was was sort of um, traditional uh, n- like non non Christian type gods you know so so uh, Asgardians and uh, Jack Kirby stuff but also Greek gods and 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 this idea of like a family of gods or 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 characters that uh, come from this other world with kind of a whole other thing that's on another level from ours. Um, so that's definitely uh, an influence on the characters themselves. And, and so I was looking at a lot of, uh, I looked at old stuff, like even like Spartans, you know, mm-hmm. um, but then I also wanted to look at, uh, you know, uh, uh, you know, emblems and stuff, but I didn't want to, we didn't want to give him like a, a big C on his chest or anything like that. So what we came up with was like the little chest plate that kind of has sort of, it evokes different aspects of that you'll see expanded upon in, in the other designs. And, and when you see more of, of Cirrus's situation. Um, so yeah, gods for sure. Definitely Jack Kirby, big one for a lot of that stuff. Um, bold colors, you know, I, I wanted to go with an asymmetrical design. I think that's another thing that is, you don't see as much right now, but but maybe it does evoke the, the kind of side capes of old and those kind of things, togas and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. He also has very much like a, bodybuilder like body style because i've so many times you get these like huge chested superhero archetype characters but then they're like super skinny waist and yeah. this you have that like huge like eight pack but it's like a like a beer belly type of eight pack which you see only on like the mountain from like game of thrones
1: <laughs> yeah no I, I i think that there's a lot of ways to i i think if anything you know um I'm, I'm a little of the, of the opinion of the exaggeration maybe that we saw in, in, in certain kinds of comics in the past is a little more what I, what I like as opposed to nowadays, I think there's, you know, to generalize and not to say it's bad or anything, but it's a little more, um, based in reality and the characters are drawn with sort of normal proportions. And, uh, one of the things that I always like when I think about a superhero or some sort of God is like that they're their proportions and everything are completely outside of, of what's normal for us. And so, I mean, Sirius is like eight feet tall or something, you know, he's huge. <laughs> and I, I also wanted him to feel like immovable. And so if you, you thicken up all these things, you kind of make him feel like just heavy and um, like a, an object that is, is not going to budge if you try to push on it. Um, and so, so it was, it was fun to sort of design him like that and design him like, as I was designing the characters, I was trying to think of that character, but then, in the first issue, all of a sudden that character you're thinking of as him is not him. It's the other guy. And so once I had those designs down, the trick was how do I draw Cirrus as if some other guy is inside there and isn't used to doing superhero-y things, you know? So maybe the poses aren't as cool and practiced, yeah. or maybe the punches look a little more awkward. And and then uh, trying to make uh, the other body, the, the, the human body, be um, formidable in some ways, but also just not up to the task of being a hero, um, so it was it was really fun. And I'm I, serious, definitely. I like to draw big, meaty, mm-hmm. muscle bound. You know, I, I think I watched a lot of Arnold Schwarzenegger movies growing up, and that maybe has a huge impact on my brain. So,
0: yeah, no, it, it looks fantastic. Thank you. Now, with with this series, are we looking at like limited series? Is it ongoing? H- how many issues can we expect from from this series?
1: Well, I'll be um, starting up issue six, um, hopefully next week. And that'll be the final issue of this arc. And it's, um, you know, it, it kind of ties up some of those initial threads, but, um, we have so many more characters that we, we, there's new characters in every single issue and new places you learn about in every single issue. And so, um, we would really love to keep going. Um, you know, if, if people respond well to it and if the series does well and we can still, you know, um, Make it happen we 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 will keep going we have a lot more ideas that we've we've discussed and kenny and, and ryan are just like idea machines like they every every time they send me a script it's just packed with new things to design and new things to new characters to play with and and um so i think that we could go for for a long time but yeah right now we're gonna focus on uh getting this first issue out. And we're going to finish up the arc no matter what, even if it's a bomb, which it won't be. But uh, no. even if it's a bomb, we're going to finish up that first arc. And if people really dig it, we, we, we have a lot more rides to go on.
0: Do you have a favorite, without spoiling anything, do you have a favorite character that has not
1: been introduced yet? Yeah, for sure. Um, the second issue in, introduces kind of, a, kind of three characters that, that I've really enjoyed. They're, they're not maybe main characters, but anytime they show up, I'm really excited um, to draw them. Um, but, uh, I'm trying to, there's another, there is a, I have a favorite character that shows up in issue three or four as well. Favorite to draw. Um, they're, they're also not a main character, but, uh, I wish I could tell you who they were and show you the pictures. Yeah. But when, when those issues come out, I'll be posting uh, about, you know, which parts of the issue really responded well for me, but I got to design, like I said, I got to design so many characters. Like even in these first, the five issues I have done already that um, there's so many to choose from. (laughs) Some of them were just a blast. I mean, so much fun to to draw.
0: Yeah. Well, we're just kind of teasing things so our listeners can get excited
1: about the future. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, there's a a character that shows up and this isn't going to spoil anything, but his name is um, Sergeant Skyhawk and he was one of my favorite ones to draw. So when Sergeant Skyhawk shows up, um, I'm excited for people to see what they think of them.
0: That sounds like the most nineties thing ever and I can't wait <laughs> yeah. to meet that character. <laughs> I, I know we've, we've kind of gotten to like a natural stopping point, but I I'm interested cause you had mentioned earlier about certain, certain artists and like kind of your love of like the nineties, uh, art style. So who, who do you feel like are more of your, uh, like influences just within the art community? Like, you mean currently
1: working people or?
0: Yeah, like current, past. Like, where do you feel when you're looking at art,
1: what inspires you? Like, what creators inspire you? Yeah, well, um, you know, it shifts. There's so many that are, there's there's too many to name all of them. And usually what I say is that there's some that are sort of forever in my brain and I can never, they're always an influence. And then other times I look at people specifically when I'm working on a project because I feel like there's something I can learn from them. So people like like Jim Lee, Katsuhiro Tomo, Mobius. I mean, those guys are forever influences in, in all situations. Um, but in the last year or two, I've really been focusing in on on uh, like I, uh, Michael Golden is really huge for me. I love the, the way he designs things, the way he uses spotted blacks, the expressions on the characters, um, and then sort of by extension, Jason Pearson stuff is is something I'm constantly looking at and trying to learn from. Um, Trad Moore is, I think next level i mean he's operating in another place and and it's it's so exciting to see where he's going and and how much he he continues to evolve um dan i mean my friend dan is is Mm -hmm. a big influence um dan and i and our friend landis blair i'd like to think that we all sort of push each other's buttons to 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 move you know our work a little further along you know we, we we get together and draw often and um you know, it's really great to, to kind of share advice. And so, uh, you know, Dan's definitely an influence and, and a big, uh, you know, a big, uh, help. And in, in whenever I'm stuck, you know, he can, he can always give good advice and then Landis as well has a completely different take. His art is, is a little more, um, in the cross hatching kind of style. So quite a bit different from what I do, but he has, um, such a great idea of, of like how to make uh, single images or even, you know, panels, of images, but especially single images really sing. Um, and then, uh, let's see, I mean, who else? I've been looking at a lot of Paul, uh, Brian Hitch and Paul Neary lately in the Ultimates just because there's a lot of battles and stuff in, in the schlub that that's very helpful to look at. Um, Frank Quietly huge. I was just looking at We Three yesterday. Um, I got some Jim Lee X Men issues over here. I have a little stack of comics for when I'm, yeah. uh, you know, for when I'm working to kind of just get ideas or you know, get inspired, really. It's more like I'll look at it and be like, oh, man, this is great. I want to go do something cool.
0: As kind of you're your picking up in your comic book career, is there any, like, IP that you would be really be interested in working on?
1: Yeah, you know, uh, I would love to have the opportunity to work on a few things at least once, and, and one of those is X-Men. You know, I, I grew up on X-Men. That was my dad's favorite comic, I would love to get the chance to, even if it was just one issue or a short story, one X-Men thing, that would be great. Um, And then being kind of a child of the 90s and a big Jim Lee fan, I I still just think there could be a really cool revival of Wildcats if it was done right. And if I could get involved in a Wildcats book or any of those characters from Wildcats, I think that would be um, awesome. Uh, Those are probably my top two if if we're talking teams, if we're talking like a single character character. I, I always liked um, Venom, like drawing Venom. Um, so that'd be fun. But I feel like Ryan's kind of made the stamp there. So maybe I would say Hulk. Hulk's really fun. I think I would have a lot of fun drawing Hulk.
0: Yeah, I would love to see you on a Hulk book. And just looking through your art portfolio on your website, your your Venom is incredible. I would also love <laughs> to see you on Venom. But the energy you bring to x-men just the, like the team panels that you have of them all like lunging forward that kinetic energy is so visceral so i, I i'm gonna start <laughs> like the campaign because i want to see the tyro cannon <laughs> x-men series yeah,
1: do it man yeah i would love it i and, and like it'd be hard to find any team of x-men that i wouldn't love to draw you know i like almost all of them Yeah do you do you have a favorite iteration um I mean I, I feel an affinity for the, the Jim Lee number one X Men team, but um I really I, I actually really enjoyed some of the stuff they did in Age of Apocalypse. I thought that was yes. pretty fun. Um like Blink and and uh you know, all the villains in that were really good. Um but there is a lot of uncanny members that I always liked too. I mean Storm and Colossus I think would have to be a part of the team. You know, they're forever teammates for, for me, so Right. Yeah, but you know, Wolverine and 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 uh, I like Psylocke. Uh, you know, Nightcrawler's great. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't know if all my favorites have ever all been on the team at the same time, but uh, I mean, in Gambit. I would love to draw Gambit. That would be so fun. Yeah, of course. Right. You
0: you literally <laughs> just listed like my dream X Men team. <laughs> well, there you go. I got one reader already. <laughs> right. Oh, hundred percent. The true question, though, do you do clean shaven Colossus or
1: bearded Colossus? <laughs> You know, I don't think I've ever drawn Bearded Colossus. I like the concept of it. Uh, I'd give it a shot. Um, Bearded Colossus is where it's at. But I think of him clean-shaven, I guess, because he seems like such a, um, you know, a uh, follow-the-rules, yes. do-the-right-thing, clean, neat kind of guy. But mm-hmm. I don't know. Play around with it. See how it how it feels for you. Should, I'll try to draw that sometime.
0: Yeah, that'd be fantastic. Well, Tyrell, it's been an absolute blast having you on this episode. Is there anything that we haven't covered yet that you want our listeners to know about? Other things that, that they should be on the lookout for from you?
1: Uh, well, you know, I would just say uh, go ahead and get your orders in for, for the schlub. The final order cut off for the first issue is July 31st. The book comes out August 23rd it on your poll if you don't if you don't think you want it on your poll yet just look at the cover of issue two and then tell me you don't want to keep the book on your poll i would say the other thing people could do is uh, check out tyrocan.com i've got tons of my old work up there so if you're new to me which i think a lot of people might be uh you can go learn all about me and buy some of my old work and get beef bros you can get game over man uh, idkfa most of those should be in stock um, and i would love for more people to check those stories out um i'm on social media i'm on the T cannon comics on any kind of social media that I'm on, and then um, I also have a YouTube stream that I try to do every Tuesday. It's really chill, hang out, draw with me, uh, maybe show off some comics I have that that I think are cool. Um, and I also have a Patreon. So any of those places, hit me up. Oh, last thing, there's a newsletter, and if you get on my newsletter, it's the first place people hear about commission lists and uh, original art drops and new new products and stuff. And um, usually those things go pretty fast, so it's best to be on the newsletter because by the time it gets to social media, sometimes things are not available anymore. And it's free and I don't spam you. You might get once a month, once every two months, something from me that says, hey, here's a new thing. And
0: I cannot recommend The Schlub enough. It is a fantastic new series. I had so much fun reading it. Just just the energy, the vibe, everything is there. It has the groundwork for a fantastic new series. So again, everybody, put the schlub on your poll list.
1: You will not regret it. Again, Tyrell, thanks so much for hanging out. Well, thanks for having me. It was really great to be here. I, I appreciate, you know, uh, being on the show and being able to talk about the work. It's a lot of fun. Of course.
0: Thank you. It's time to close the book on this interview with Tyro Cannon. So until next time, this is Lance and not Tyro Cannon because I forgot to have him do the outro with me before we ended the episode. Reminding you to keep your friends close, but your comic books closer.